Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, November 5th, 2020. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Shane Caldwell. And it's the week nine main slate preview here as we go game by game. And Shane, I think this is going to be a very interesting main slate. Yeah, it's another one where there's some difficult matchups. There's all kinds of different injury news going on. Uh, there's some there's some games that look really good, some some games that look really bad. So it, it does make for an interesting DFS slate. I don't think there's going to be a bunch of mega chalk plays here, which is kind of good. Uh, so you can really dig in and uh, you know create an advantage here. So we're we're definitely digging in deep this week and uh, finding some great plays. But yeah, there's 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 some spots where it could be traps. There's some spots that uh, look good that might not be as good as well. So I I think it is a very interesting slate, and I think it's it's going to be spread out in terms of ownership. Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, no mega chalk here. Lots of different possibilities. Uh, lots of guys coming in, coming out. Big names like Christian McCaffrey. We've got the COVID question mark with Matthew Stafford in a big matchup. Houston's facility is closed today as we record on Thursday. So l- lots of news to follow here, but an exciting f- slate for sure. And before we get into the breakdown here, game by game, just want to ask folks who are listening. This is a free podcast. Uh, we're going to keep it in front of the paywall. If you could, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, we'd certainly appreciate that. Then you'll get the notification when our podcasts post. We're doing six NFL podcasts per week in front of the paywall. So uh, we're going to keep doing that and appreciate all your support there uh, on social media. Also want to thank our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. Use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, when you make your first deposit. 125% match is what they're offering the DFS Coach Talk listeners. And you don't have to be a member of DFS Coach Talk to get that offer. So take advantage of that. Great place to go for your sports wagering and casino action. And Shane, if you look at betus.com.pa this week at the lines, we've got five totals over 50. 11 games again on the main slate, eight at one o'clock, three at four o'clock. And the first game we're going to break down today is the highest total on the board. It is Seattle at Buffalo with a nice juicy total of 55. Seattle, the three-point road favorites. Uh, Looking like better weather this week in Buffalo. Should be prime conditions for Russell Wilson and, and Mr. Allen. So, uh, are you going to get uh, a little mini stack here with the first game of the slate? Yeah, this is definitely a game you need to get exposure to at that high over-under and these superstar, you know, super high upside quarterbacks here. Um, if you're just looking at, you know, box scores and game logs from week eight, you know, some of these numbers will scare you, which we kind of predict, predicted that. We were a little concerned about the weather, and it was pretty pretty legit wins last week. Now, all of a sudden, up in the Midwest and the Northeast, the weather's looking great. You know, seasonally, it feels like a nice September fall day, you know, 60 degrees, sunny, that type of thing. So it's looking great. So I think this is a this could be a potential bounce back spot for Josh Allen to get him back to where he used to where he was before, because he's had some really tough matchups uh, and he's had some disappointing uh, performances. But in this game, being that it's a super high over under, he's at home dog. And the fact that uh, he's going to have to pass and he's got a great matchup against Seattle. So things are shape- shaping up well against here. And remember, Josh Allen can get a ton of uh, passing work here as well. So uh, normally we start with the road team, but I'm starting with Josh Allen here. Uh, 8200 on FanDuel, 7000 on DK. So he's still expensive. Um, but I think Josh Allen is due for a blow spot here. So, And I like pairing him with uh, Stefan Diggs good matchup here as well. Stefan Diggs been facing a lot of tough coverage and still performing. So he's due for a blow up game here. And then uh, you can get into a little bit of Cole Beasley if you want. Uh, he's always reasonably priced and he's just a, he's just a slot target master there. I mean, the guy, he's just so quick, you know, he gets open and uh, Josh, Josh Allen really likes him as well. Um, so I like that. Uh, I probably am not going to invest a lot in the Buffalo running game because Seattle's pretty much a pass funnel defense. So again, this is shaping up to be a high volume, high productivity, nice shootout game for Josh Allen. So I like the Buffalo passing attack and I can see Josh Allen having to scramble and get those rushing yards again here as well. So that's where I'm at on the Buffalo side here. Um, and then uh, what are you thinking about Buffalo before we go on to Seattle here? Uh, we are perfectly aligned here. Josh Allen, last three games, he's had between eight and 11 rushing attempts. 
So you've got that great rushing floor, and it's the best matchup on paper uh, in terms of passing. Seattle number 32 against the pass, and we saw last week uh, Jimmy G struggled a little bit, but then when he was finally ready to cash in and play catch-up, he got hurt. So Nick Mullins comes in and throws for 238 yards in the fourth quarter. So, you know, like you said, if if uh, Buffalo's playing catch-up a little bit, they're going to have to balance hands and say either throw it or run it yourself. And I, I want to pair him up with Diggs and or Beasley as well. Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, we can't forget about our guy, Russell Wilson. This guy, uh, obviously, is the, pretty much the MVP favorite right now. And he's going on the road against a pretty tough Buffalo team. But Buffalo's defense, not really that great. They're, you know, they're kind of, uh, you know, decent, you know, against the run. But then they're they're not that great against the pass. So they're, they're just not the same Buffalo defense that we're used to. So Russell Wilson can certainly uh, light them up. Um, you can go right back to DK Metcalf. A great call by you last week of loving DK Metcalf because uh, Lockett kind of took the backseat. Metcalf just lit lit up San Francisco, and they they it, he, I guess he was the squeaky wheel that needed the grease because the week before they he didn't get any productivity besides right. that awesome you know that awesome tackle he had that was what he right. was known for. So they said you made a great tackle, we're going to give you some targets, and he just went into beast mode. So you can pair him up with uh, uh, definitely with DK Metcalf. Now he'll Metcalf will probably be on Tre'Davious White, who's a pretty tough cover corner, but I think Metcalf can beat him. Um, but I probably do like the, the the matchup this week now going back to Lockett. I think it's like these guys are taking turns on their ceiling yep. games every other week. So Lockett, uh, it's pretty well documented. Buffalo is usually weaker across the middle. Their slot corner is not going to be able to cover Lockett as much. So I can definitely see the game plan shifting, as you uh, mentioned last week, that they're very game plan oriented. So they, I can see them peppering Lockett with targets, you know, as he kind of almost had – a little bit uh, a week off last week. So you can go right back to Tyler Lockett. That's probably my primary target here. And of course that works great on game stacks. And then you could got to take a look at the Seattle running back situation. What's going to happen there is Chris Carson going to come back. Then he might be in play. If you feel like he's going to get a workload. Otherwise uh, I know Travis Homer's coming back. I'm not really worried about him, but uh, DJ Dallas, the rookie out there looked really good. His price is still cheap, around $5,000, and he looked good in the passing game. He looked pretty good in the rushing game, and you can run on on Buffalo here. So I think that you can consider Seattle's, if you think they're going to get a big lead here and try to run, uh, they, they can. So I think DJ Dallas is in play here too, just not a primary target. But got to love this passing game, got to love the game environment here, and a as well so far here so uh things are shaping up good for these uh these november games this week uh so far and this is a great one to stack yeah and i i agree i think it may flip back to lockett this week a little better matchup uh so i probably will have more exposure to him than dk this week and i kind of like david Moore. you know they're getting him more involved he got in the end zone and he's only 3.1 so that's another way to get exposure to this game uh and get hopefully lower ownership and with the running backs, DJ Dallas has that number 26 matchup, if it is indeed him as the lead ball carrier here. He wasn't very efficient last week, but because of the volume, he he had a good game against San Francisco. And we saw uh, New England had a lot of success running the ball against Buffalo last week. So I agree that Dallas is in play. All right, Shane, game number two on the main slate is another total over 50 on BetUS. It's 50 on the nose, actually. Denver traveling to Atlanta, Atlanta, the four point home favorites. And the question marks here are significant on the Denver side. Philip Lindsay questionable with a foot injury. Tim Patrick questionable with a hamstring, but uh, he's probably looking like he's going to be back in the lineup. And it's a great matchup for the Denver passing attack. And then on the Atlanta side, of course, we saw Ridley go out with that foot injury. X-rays were negative. Uh, but he's dealing with a, a foot sprain. So on Thursday, at this point, he's questionable. So uh, with this uh, second game here, total at 50, will you have some exposure? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't really trust the quarterbacks that much in this game. I think they're decent, but I just don't trust them for a high ceiling game. Um, surprising that uh, Atlanta, what, aren't they like one in six or something like that? Yeah, two uh, and six. He, yeah, two and six. You don't usually see a two and six game, uh, team favored by four points here. So I mean, they're they're pretty they're pretty big favorites here. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say 
especially if Calvin Ridley's out. I mean, this is looking good for Julio Jones, looking like a good matchup on the outside against Denver's secondary. And Julio Jones, you know, when this guy's healthy, he looks great. So I think this is definitely a, a nice spot for Julio Jones. So you definitely have to consider him. Um, you can take a look at Hayden Hurst. I think especially if Ridley's out, I think Hayden Hurst just keeps getting more and more targets, and he's a pretty explosive athlete. Denver's decent against the uh, tight ends, but I think Hurst is going to get – quite a bit, uh, quite a bit of targets here. And he's a, he's a good playmaker for Atlanta. And then on the Denver side, you could take a look at Jerry Judy. He hasn't really done a whole lot this, you know, this year, um, but he does have a good matchup here. And if they're going to play from behind in the dome here in Atlanta, they should be able to get some good passing production And Judy. I could see him having a breakout game here. Um, and then I do uh, like Noah Fant. Uh, I talked to you last week, how I liked him and, you know, he played more. I think he got like nine targets. So, He's, he's looking pretty good. If he gets that many targets at the tight end position uh, with some of their other wide receivers banged up, he's the type of guy that just is a big, has big play upside because of his speed and athleticism. So Drew Locke does like him, and it's a matchup here. So I think Noah Fant is another guy that's middle-priced. That, uh, he could be due for a target. I could see him breaking some long plays or getting some red zone production. So, um, so I like him there. Other than that, Probably not going to be heavily get a lot of heavy exposure to this game, but you can definitely take a look at these guys. Julio Jones looks like the best play, um, and then we've got to keep an eye on Calvin Ridley and see what happens because he might potentially play because it wasn't a serious injury. Um, but I don't. Then again, why risk it because you're two and six anyways? Yeah, I like Julio here. Uh, if you saw the post game interview last week against Carolina, he was talking about how he's feeling like he's getting in the groove. He's got good stuff coming. Feels like he's the number one receiver in the game, and I'm not going to stop in his way. Uh, 7.2, solid matchup. So I'll have some Julio exposure. On the Denver side, I don't really trust Drew Locke or his upside either, but number 31 uh, pass defense here. He went for 248 and three last week. So I will get him in some GPPs, and I'll, I'll pair him up a couple different ways. I also like Noah Fant this week. Yeah, you were right. He had nice volume last week. He didn't get in the end zone. That was Albert O, but he caught seven. And this is the number one matchup for tight ends. So I like I like uh, Locke and Fant. It's a cheap stack. And if you go with one of the other receivers, it's going to be cheap. Judy's certainly in play, but he only has one touchdown on the ceiling uh, on the season. So I, th- that's a guy that I am a little bit concerned about his ceiling. And then Tim Patrick also under 5K on DraftKings. I like that possibility especially with a especially with a questionable tag hopefully we'll get lower ownership there and then with the running backs if Lindsay is out you know Gordon's in a good spot you know especially cast, uh, catching the ball Atlanta's given up a bunch of uh, receptions to running backs and receiving touchdowns and Gordon caught six last week against the Chargers so uh, that that could be a good spot all right game three Shane we've got Chicago against Tennessee Tennessee, six-point favorites on BetUS, 46.5, the over-under. Uh, good matchup here in terms of records, Chicago 5-3, and three, Tennessee 5-2. and two. For injury news on the Tennessee side, we've got Adam Humphreys questionable after that concussion. Uh, Miller is questionable on the Chicago side. I kind of like this, again, as a GPP option with a, a cheap quarterback, Foles in a good matchup. Tennessee's number 26 against the pass. Uh, And I'm curious about your thoughts on Chicago with their passing attack, because I know you're not a huge fan of Foles here. But he got sort of back on track against the Saints, 272 and 2 last week. So what, what do you think about a potential Chicago passing attack stack? I mean, it, it could work. Again, weather should be looking good. They're uh, on the road, you know, pretty big underdog. So, you know, you could look at a lot of second half production. And you know how Nick Foles is. It's like I say the guy has like multiple personalities. Are we getting, I always say, are we getting backup Nick Foles? Or are we getting like Super Bowl, uh, you know, <laughs> Nick Foles? Like right. literally he can change like per quarter. So, you know, first, second quarter, he looks bad. And all of a sudden the second half, he looks like the MVP. So if he gets Cook in there, uh, yeah, I could see him in this matchup. Uh, Tennessee secondary is not very good. You know, they made a trade to get, uh, was it Desmond King, uh, to try to bolster that secondary, but he's probably not going to be ready to play yet. So, uh, especially with the COVID stuff, uh, protocols. So, yeah, it's a great matchup. And you got to like, Allen Robinson's looking good. You know, they probably have Malcolm Butler on him. 
He could definitely beat Malcolm Butler. So that looks good. And Foles isn't isn't afraid to throw it right into coverage and, you know, sling the ball around. So it, so that's what you like about the upside if he can actually hit them. Sometimes it looks bad, but he's he but there's sometimes he looks great. Uh, and I, uh, I know uh, Darnell Mooney finally had a breakout game. So if you want to go with the value guy, that's another guy you can pair with him there. You know, you could you could go with the tight ends like Jimmy Graham if you think uh, you're going to par- partner up full. So not my favorite, but if you want a guy that's super low ownership, uh, they can kind of come out of nowhere because they don't really have a high team total here. So it's not a, a team that people will target. But you never know. Tennessee's gotten in some shootouts this year, so it could potentially happen. Yeah, I like uh, Robinson. I think he'll get heavy volume, solid matchup. Uh, Darnell Mooney under 4000 on DraftKings. He finally caught that deep ball against the Saints last week, and he got in the end zone. So I like that possibility. How about the Tennessee side? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, A.J. Brown looks uh, pretty decent here. He'll be probably going up against the rookie, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson's been decent, but A.J. Brown is kind of a beast, you know, in terms of the strength and the route running, uh, physicality, and being able to uh, high, ball, high point the ball and his run after the catchability. So you got to like A.J. Uh, Brown here at home. Uh not a you know elite matchup here, but I think that he can definitely get it done when he's healthy. He looks really good. And Chicago's not going to be super easy to run on, so they are going to have to pass a little bit. And then you could take a look at Derrick Henry just because Derrick Henry gets so much volume, um, and he's just such a tough physical guy. I, I think I respect uh, Chicago's uh, defensive front. They're some big physical guys, and they're decent against the run. It's just sometimes Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is just kind of matchup proof on certain days. And if you think they're going to get a big lead here, then he's going to get his volume and uh, he'll probably get his. So Derrick Henry's a guy you can look at. It's just, is he going to have a ceiling game? Cause he is super expensive. Um, so he's probably not one of my favorite guys, but it is a guy that you can definitely sprinkle in because you never know when he's going to go off. And uh, he's on, he's nearly matchup proof in, in some game environments. Yeah. Yeah. He certainly is. I think I'll probably stay away from him this week though, because of the tough rushing attack. We saw, Kamara put up big numbers, but of course that was on his receptions last week against Chicago. So for me, G. Brown is the best target for Tennessee. And then if Adam Humphreys is out, you could look at the tight ends. They're they're uh, reasonably priced. The problem is that they're both involved. So Jonu Smith has had some big games earlier in the season. Ferkster's kind of been picking it up lately. Uh, so that's a little bit more of a of a risky GPP play to go with one of those guys. Yeah, Corey Davis is the other guy who's technically been the best receiver on this team which is surprising uh you know he's super talented and he uh he's finally having his breakout year um he's going to face pretty tough coverage though if he's on Kyler Fuller a lot of the game but uh Corey Davis has beaten good corners this year he's been solid so and that's kind of hurt Jonu Smith because Corey Davis is like their number one red zone target and number one in target share there so so don't forget about Corey Davis. Don't love the matchup, but if you're talking about trying to game stack this, you can throw him in there as well. Uh, you know, he's going to be, uh, his prices went up, but I think he's he's looking good. He's produced, so. All right, game four, Shane, is Baltimore against Indianapolis. Total is 47 on BetUS. Baltimore, the road favorites, minus two and a half. Both teams are five and two. Both teams with good defenses here. Anyone you're going to look to play despite those tough matchups? Yeah, it's tough. The, the, these are two of the better defenses in the league. Uh, you've seen what Indianapolis did against my Detroit Lions last week. Their defense looked good when they got Darius Leonard back and they're fully healthy. You know, they didn't really uh, didn't really do any, do much, but their their defense is just just shut down right now against the pass and run. Uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't looked great, so probably won't have a lot of exposure to this. Um, I thought it was interesting. I, I liked Marquise Brown last week. He played the whole game, didn't get any targets. He caught like one ball. Uh, he, he didn't didn't look great in terms of separation, uh, but that was a tough matchup against Pittsburgh. Uh, some of the corners like Rocky has seen uh, for Indianapolis that he'll be on, I think he can beat them. I think he's just got a lot more speed, so he might be able to get some separation. And this is going to be that kind of squeaky wheel gets the grease narrative. So Marquise Brown is a guy that I might get a little exposure to in GPPs, not a guy that you can trust in cash, but his price is still pretty low. And I keep saying it every week, and eventually it probably will happen to these two to actually finally connect on one of those deep shots. So I think they will get him more involved. They got to figure out something. The Baltimore offense hasn't really looked good as as it did last year. So they got to figure out something in this passing game. They can't just, you know, they're not going to be able to run the ball that easy on Indianapolis's tough front. So um, I don't think it's going to be as easy for them, even though they have a great running game. So they're going to have to pass in this game a little bit, and that's why I like uh, like Marquise Brown as a flyer here. 
Yeah, if you look at that game last week that Indianapolis played against your Detroit Lions, where did Detroit have success as they were trying to come back? Well, Marvin Hall had a big game uh, going deep, four catches for 113. Marquise Brown can certainly match that or exceed it. And you're right, he's been, been complaining in the media a little bit about his lack of touches, and it makes sense. The guy's super talented, uh, super high ceiling, so this could be the week. And Hawkinson had a nice game against Indianapolis, caught seven for 65. So the other stud for Baltimore, Mark Andrews, is certainly in play for me. I think you get either one of those guys at a pretty low ownership because of the tough matchup. Yeah, they, they haven't been good lately, so now's the time. They're, they're capable of breaking out. So Mark Andrews has been a disappointment this year, but of course he's capable against this team, uh, and I think that you're better off passing against them than running against them, even with the, uh, you know, and I think Baltimore's offensive line's a little bit banged up now as well. So, Exactly. All right, Shane, halfway through the 1 o'clock games here, before we get into Christian McCaffrey coming back, just want to mention to folks, if you're new to the program, we offer memberships at DFSCoachTalk.com. So head to our website and grab a weekly or monthly membership or get the winter special. That's still running, and it allows you to be a member with us through the Super Bowl and one week thereafter. And you get all of our lineups for every NFL slate. You'll get our NBA lineups once that season kicks off. Looks like December 22nd. Uh, baseball lineups and then our golf lineups. we got the Masters next week. I can't wait for that. But what we give out for football on on uh, FanDuel is a full cash lineup that you can just plug and play. Uh, same thing with multiple GPP lineups on every Sunday main slate. And then on DraftKings, we give out our coaches clipboard with highlighted core plays and pivots. And then we also give out full lineups on FanDuel for every showdown slate. Uh, so uh, jump in with us. Our members have had a great season. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, so DFSCoachTalk.com uh, will get you into Discord. And on Sunday, we give out those lineups about 45 minutes before kickoff. All right, Shane, game number five here of those 1 o'clock kickoffs is Carolina against Kansas City. Uh, another juicy total here, 52.5 on BetUS. And Kansas City favored by 10.5. But exciting that we've got Christian McCaffrey likely to be playing on Thursday. The, the quote here so far is that Carolina is very hopeful that he'll play, but uh, all indications are that he's looking good in practice and it's a good matchup on paper. The way to attack Kansas city is on the ground. So talk to me about Mr. McCaffrey. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to see what his workload's going to be, but he can certainly get it done. I mean, he's, he's uh, people forget, you know, he's, he was the best running back by far last, last year. Carolina offenses look decent, and he, he's going to get it done in the in the passing game, and uh, their you know their running games look decent as well. So I think it is a spot where he could do well. It's just a little bit hard to project. Is he going to be still splitting time a little bit? We know Mike Davis has looked decent. They they've already said Mike Davis will have a role. So I don't know if Christian McCaffrey is going to get a big enough workload uh, to pay off his expensive price point there, 9,500 Fanduel, 8,500 DK. So that's my concern there. Um, and I think you probably will get some red zone looks, but you never know. They might throw uh, Mike Davis in there, and you just don't know, you know, how good their uh, passing attack is going to be in terms of being able to run the ball. Kansas City's defense is really good right now, uh, and that's just that's just a fact. And Carolina has been trending down as an offense, even though they're getting. So I don't love the situation for Caffrey. I could see him having a good game and being productive, but I don't know that he's going to get the type of you know twenty twenty to twenty five. Uh, touches that he needs you know like last year he would consistently get that many if not more upwards of 30 touches I don't think he's going to get enough touches to produce here um, even with the garbage time with the catches so I can't I don't see him paying off that price tag so I'm going to probably take a wait and see approach with McCaffrey even though okay. he's obviously a superstar here yeah I don't think he's a lock and load I think I'll get him in a couple lineups uh, because even if he doesn't get 25 touches he certainly has the capability to be efficient so, you know, I think he's worth considering at 8.5. Of course, he's not at that 10K price tag like last year on, on DraftKings. So uh, it's, it's an option. He's not in my first lineup, though. Now, on the Kansas City side, we've got Watkins questionable. And that's a big, uh, big issue there because with him out last week, McCole Hardman really stepped up and had a big game. 
And then with these running backs, how about CEH and Le'Veon Bell last week? Uh, they both had six carries and three receptions, exactly split. So, uh, you know, we got to talk about this KC side, though, as big favorites with a total over 50. We expect them to put up a bunch of points. Uh, do you have any strong feeling of where that production is going to come from? Yeah, I mean, I think it's in the passing game here. I think that you can definitely pass on Carolina. They've been decent, but they haven't really faced an offense like this. You know, I think Mahomes obviously looks like he's he's really on, on fire right now. Weird that he wasn't that high ownership last week going against the Jets. People are just worried about the blowout. But Kansas City has shown they don't really care. They can put up 40 points on you and – you know, maybe Mahomes sits at the end, but it's, you know, kind of like Lamar Jackson last year. I brought up that example before, you know, he already scores like 35 fantasy points in, you know, in three quarters, basically. So, right. so that's kind of where Mahomes is. So he is something, some guy, a guy you have to consider this week. I think he will get more ownership coming off that monster game last week. Uh, and then Tyreek Hill looks like in a great spot. I don't think Carolina has anyone that can cover him. Kelsey looks like in a good spot, but are you going to pay that much for a tight end? He would really have to have a huge game here to be able to pay off that price point, but he's capable of that two touchdown, 100 yard type game for Kelsey here. Um, you got to keep an eye on Sammy Watkins because it is a little disappointing if he comes back because Mika Hartman was finally getting his full snap share and his, and his good amount of targets and a lot of routes run. He was start, he pat you know pretty much was passing Demarcus Robinson. I mean they run a lot of three wide receiver sets anyways, but. Hardman was becoming that number two wide receiver that we all have been looking for. And then all of a sudden Watkins is going to come back and throw a wrench in that. So if Watkins is out again, yeah, you can go right back to Hardman and pair him with Tyreek Hill and Mahomes and these guys. So it looks like a, looks like a great game environment for them. And if you really want to get, uh, you know, do some game stacks, you can throw in some Christian McCaffrey on the other side, or you can maybe throw in some, uh, you know, some DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson, those guys, because the game could shoot out potentially. Maybe Carolina gets their offense going again here. Um, in a high scoring affair. Uh, so, yeah, so it's looking pretty good for the Kansas City side, though. Huge favorites, implied total of over 31. I mean, that's a that's a monster total there, again, for Kansas City, and they're running on all cylinders. So you definitely have to consider them. Yeah, and, you know, it is a really good matchup on paper for those running backs against the 20th-ranked Carolina rushing defense. But because of that timeshare, I'm just going to avoid it. And so if I get exposure to the Chiefs, it will be through the passing attack. And the big question mark is going to be Watkins. So I'm going to wait and see if he's playing or not to figure out uh, which part of that passing attack I want to invest in. Next game on the slate, Shane, is another 50-point total. It's 50 and a half to be exact on BetUS. Houston, seven-point road favorites against Jacksonville. This is a rematch of week five in which Houston won 30-14. to 14. Both teams coming off a bye, so well-rested. Um it is Thursday here as we record this, and Houston's facility is shut for the day due to COVID concerns. So we'll wait and see what kind of news we get on that. Randall Cobb is questionable with an illness. They haven't indicated if it's COVID or not. So he, for me, is the biggest question mark at this point. But again, another total over 50. Uh, and with uh, Jacksonville here, we've got Minshew out. We've got Jake Luton in. So um, you know, some moving parts here, but high total game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the, the issue with this game is I'm not sure if Jacksonville is going to be able to be competitive in this game. Um, they're already not looking great on offense. And then you take their starting quarterback out and throw in a rookie with very little experience. Uh, Houston, you know, not a great defense, but they're still competitive. So I don't really love this spot here. Uh, I know Deshaun Watson had a breakout game and, and, and he just he torched Jacksonville at home in week five. But the one thing when I watched that game, I noticed is I played Watson everywhere that week, of course, and he, Jacksonville's bad defense had a few starters already out. And then during the game, a couple more guys got injured. So they pretty much had lost their top pass rusher, you know, uh, their top safety, their top corner. They'd lost all their guys in that game. So they were decimated and obviously Watson picked them apart. But now that the guys are mostly all back healthy, they have all their young, talented guys back, uh, and they're going to be more competitive, I think, on defense, and they're at home here. So I'm not saying Jacksonville is going to shut them down, but what I'm saying is I don't think Jacksonville can score enough to make this a back-and-forth type shootout. So Deshaun Watson's not going to have to do much, and Deshaun Watson is not going to have quite as easy a matchup the second time around. Jacksonville's already seen their offense, already know what they want to do, and they're more healthy here. So because of that, 
Deshaun Watson's in play here, but he's not my favorite quarterback this week, even though I, I project him as one of the highest owned quarterbacks because he's in an obvious uh, in a, what looks like an obvious smash spot. I'm just not so sure it's the right game environment. Uh, and I'm not sure that this matchup is the you know elite level uh, matchup like it looks like from the week five matchup. So that's kind of where I'm at with this game. Not a lot of exposure to this game here, even though it looks like a great game to get exposure to. Yeah, I, I hear your concerns, and I will not stack it as much as I did in Week 5 uh, for the reasons you mentioned. I'll still get some exposure to it in most of my lineups. You know, on the on the Jacksonville side, I do like James Robinson here. Uh, 26 touches last game, 137 yards against the Chargers. And with the rest and going against this 31st-ranked rushing defense, I think he's going to be the guy that they need to produce. He's going to get all the opportunities in the world. So I, I will have some exposure to him. If I do build a game stack here, I might get one of these Jacksonville receivers. They're uh, nicely priced. I think Chark could get it done at 5.2. Chenault, perhaps, at 4.2. And then on the flip side, Watson, uh, you know, great matchup on paper. Same thing with the rushing attack, though. And maybe... This time, uh, that's how things will change from week five. Instead of Watson getting three touchdown passes, maybe David Johnson gets in the end zone. In that matchup, he ran 17 times for 96 yards, and he just hasn't really had that ceiling game yet over 20. He's been, you know, kind of below average in terms of efficiency, but awesome matchup on paper. So uh, he could certainly pay off that price tag. And uh, Cook's. Cook's in play for me as well, especially if Cobb is out. Next game on the 1 o'clock slate, Shane, is a low-scoring situation, likely, because it's the Giants and the Washington football team. Giants 1-7, Washington 2-5, over-under set at 42. Washington, the home favorites, uh, by 2.5. And, and this is another rematch. Remember, in Week 6, these teams played, and it, the Giants won that one 20-19. So uh, low total here. Anybody to get excited about? No, I mean, it's another one of those situations where, you know, pretty bad offenses, competitive defenses in a second matchup. So the teams know each other so well, you know, so it looks kind of like an old ugly game. You can see why it's such a low over under here. I mean, on the Giants side, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Sterling Shepard has looked pretty good. He's questionable right now. So we got to see if he's even going to play. Uh, he probably will play, but he's been questionable. Um, obviously, Darius Slayton's pretty talented as well, but they don't have great matchups. Washington's limited wide receivers, you know, quite a bit this year. So not really loving those guys. Uh, Terry McLaurin's good enough to beat pretty much anyone. Uh, he'll probably be going up against James Bradbury again. Didn't have a blow-up game last time out, but he's certainly capable of burning him for some long plays. So Terry McLaurin's in play for GPPs. And Logan Thomas had a solid game against him, and he's still really cheap. You know, he's near he's near the minimal price for tight ends in terms of, like, starting tight ends that get targets. So Logan Thomas is still in play since the tight end position is usually pretty rough here. Um, so if you can find a cheap guy that's going to get quite a bit of targets and be a big part of the game plan, he looks pretty good here as well. Other than that, not a lot of exposure to this game here for me. Yeah, you mentioned the, the, uh, the way that Washington has limited receivers. In fact, they are number one against the pass, which is kind of hard to believe. A team that's two and five in today's NFL can be number one against the pass, giving up only 207 yards a game. And the way that Danny uh, Daniel Jones looked against Tampa Bay, missing all those open throws, I, I really don't want to get uh, involved with that passing attack. And then we've got the question marks with uh, the rushing attack as well. Devontae Freeman, questionable. Uh, so it could be a major committee if he's back involved. On the Washington side, yes, McLaurin is in play. Allen is a nice price, you know, against the defense that's ranked 24th against the pass. But I like some of the other guys in that price range a little bit more, like Drew Locke. Um, and so for me, it might just be the Washington defense at 3.4. I think it's more than likely that they'll get a couple turnovers from the Giants. So that that would be a way to get exposure here. And I do like playing defenses that have extra rest and Washington is coming off of a bye. What, one other guy, since they are coming off a bye, and sometimes you see these rookies get a bigger role, 
I think that maybe we could take a look at Antonio Gibson. What are you thinking about him? Obviously, he had a blow-up game last time out. That was against Dallas, who's not a great defense. But if you look at these rookies, sometimes coming off the bye, they seem to be gaining more and more confidence to the point where he might get uh, a lot more carries and targets. I can see McKissick taking a back seat. So I think Antonio Gibson's in play here. What, what are you thinking about him? I like the way his season is trending. I think I might wait for the upcoming weeks to get a little bit better matchup on paper. The Giants saw it against the run. And my concern here is just sort of the low volume of plays, kind of a slow-paced, low-scoring game. So I think I'll probably wait uh, for future weeks to get back with Gibson. Okay. All right. The next game, Shane, is uh, Detroit against Minnesota. And you are the Detroit sports man, so I'm looking forward to your, to your breakdown here with the big question marks. And so uh, while we're here mentioning Detroit, let's take a moment and uh, tell folks about social media. Shane is available on Twitter at DET Sports Shane. Uh, I'm on there at Language Olympic. Crew at DFS Coach Talk. And our fearless leader, the coach, is available at J-O-E-S-A-R. V-A-D-I. Uh, we'd love to interact with you on Twitter. So being the Detroit sports man here, Shane, in what is a great matchup on paper for this Detroit passing attack, but we've got Stafford questionable with the COVID designation. So what's going to happen here? Yeah, well, my insider knowledge up here is telling me I think Stafford's going to play, and I'm okay. certainly hoping that I'm right here. Uh, you know, I've I've heard that you know someone in his family maybe was exposed to COVID, but the whole family tested negative. So I think it was like a contact tracing precautionary type thing that that from what I'm hearing. Uh, so it sounds like another false alarm. They, Stafford had one earlier in the year was a false positive type situation. So I think it's just a precautionary thing. And as long as Stafford obviously tests negative the rest of the week, he's a go. And I think he's in a good spot here. So obviously we're going to know before game time whether he's going to go or not. But right now I would plan on Stafford uh, playing and I would plan on him being in a nice spot here. Uh, it, it it's disappointing that they lost uh, Kenny Galladay. We'll see. He might be out a couple weeks. We'll see how that goes. But he has cheap stacking options, uh, which you can pair him with in a great matchup against Minnesota. And Stafford, in his one game against Minnesota last year, when they had a better defense than this year, he lit them up for 364 yards and four touchdowns through the air. Um, and their pass rush isn't nearly what it was last year. Um, it, you know, they have that was when they had the Neil Hunter and Everson Griffin. He doesn't have to worry about those guys now. Right. So you can imagine he's probably looking at his chops here uh, and hoping he can play uh, And Stafford's pretty cheap. And because he has that questionable, that big covid, you know, tag on his on it, on him on all the DFS sites, he's not going to get the ownership. People are going to be worried about it. And by the time they announce that he's going to play, they're, they're not even going to be thinking about Stafford. Right. Because they're going to be focused on other guys. So you're talking about a guy that could be like two, two to three percent owned probably that could be in a in a nice game environment for a blow up spot here. Now, you can part you can pair him with the two Marvins in this in this game. You got yep. Marvin Jones, his go to guy his really cheap. Still, Marvin Jones continues to look better and better looks more like himself every single week. And then you got Marvin Hall, who's a guy that kind of was an undrafted free agent that kind of bounced around the league. The Lions actually signed him because of his speed and special teams ability. So he was a special teams ace. And then he started playing wide receiver in practice and looking good and good, just breaking out in practice. And Stafford started developing chemistry for him in, with taking deep shots. So they would scheme up deep shots for him last year. And now all of a sudden he just knows the offense so much better that they trust him more than the rookie Quintess Cephas. So Marvin Hall is the number two wide receiver and he looks great when he's in there and he's near minimal price on both sides. So he's looking like, and of course he's got high upside cause he's a four, four speed burner, deep shot guy. And they'll definitely be able to test this Minnesota weak secondary. So he's in a great matchup. He has good chemistry with Stafford and he's super cheap. And you'll probably get them at lower ownership because, again, people aren't really thinking about Detroit because they think Stafford's going to be out this week. A lot of people are thinking that. So you can part, pair him with his two Marvin guys. And then you can also take a look at DeAndre Swift. He's due for a bounce back here as Detroit will still run the ball. And I think they'll run the ball effectively. They're going to have a nice balance here. And DeAndre Swift was not in a good matchup last week against Indianapolis and not in a good game script. So I look for him to have a bounce back here. So it's actually looking pretty good in the fact that they're underdogs here against Minnesota, that's fine because that means that Stafford might have to pass a little bit more. 
Um, and obviously there's some great guys to bring it back on the other side that we'll talk about for Minnesota here. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to follow up on Marvin Hall here. Basically everything you said about him to me sounds like the perfect GPP option on DraftKings. You know, he's under 4,000. He's a burner, uh, probably low owned because uh, he's just not, he doesn't have the, the reps, the experience, the track record of some of the other uh, targets, but uh, I like that play a lot. And then on the Minnesota side, yeah, first place we're going to look to bring it back is with Dalvin Cook. Uh, good matchup here against the Detroit rushing defense, obviously coming off an incredible game against Green Bay. Only 51.6 fantasy points on DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, not projecting that he'll he'll get to 50 again, but if you're going to stack this game, you could look there. You could look at Thielen or Jefferson. Uh, do you have any preference on those wideouts? Yeah, I, I, you know, I like both of them really. So I think it's a matter of your roster construction. If you need a little bit more affordable guy, I actually like Jefferson here. Um, he's had some big blow up games at home and he's in a good matchup. Um, but Thielen also feels like he's due for a blow up as well. So like he literally, all these guys look great in this game. And then Dalvin cook looks like, you know, probably one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the league right now. Green Bay just looked horrible on defense, though. I mean, yes. I know Detroit's defense is pretty bad, but I think they're going to be a little more competitive against the run. Um, so I could see maybe Kirk Cousins actually uh, hitting them a little bit more in the passing game and taking advantage of that if Detroit loads the box up, uh, because obviously they're going to Detroit's going to try to stop Dalvin Cook and contain him. So they might be able to contain him a little more, but that containing him might be like he gets like 120 yards and a touchdown instead of right. last week having, you know, four touchdowns. I mean, I watched that game. It was like the perfect scenario for Dalvin Cook. Everything went perfect for him. Um, he's not going to have a blow up game like that, but he's certainly, yeah, one to two touchdowns and over 100 you know, yards is still a great game for him here. Um, and he could potentially get more than that. So Dalvin Cook's in a great spot here as well. Yeah. And this is a, this is a high over under it's, you know, I think it's going to be a competitive game. Detroit is desperate for a win here. Uh, Minnesota's, you know, almost out of it. Detroit is still kind of on the edge there. They're desperate for a win. So if they can get Stafford back, this is going to be game on, um, you know, the Lions might lose, but they're not going to they're going to go down swinging here if they do. So I think it's a great game environment. And you're not hearing a lot of people talking about it just because, you know, the, I, I see Minnesota exposure, but not on the Detroit side. So it's a great game to stack. Yeah. I mean, just imagine if Detroit was in the NFC East at three and four, they'd be, you know, selling playoff tickets already. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. They'd be yeah, ready they, to go. Right? <laughs> they, they do need this one to get uh, to get to 500. All right, Shane, before we get to the four o'clock games. Let's take a minute and hear from our wonderful partners at betus.com.pa. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at betus.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sports book welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw dropping sign up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sports book is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you to betus.com.pa for that wonderful offer for our listeners. Just remember to use that promo code Coach Talk, all one word when you make your first deposit. All right, Shane, the first game at 4 o'clock, uh, 4.05, is an interesting one because on BetUS, the total is 52, and it's a pick em. So really kind of what you want. You want the high-scoring potential, close matchup, and this one involves the Las Vegas Raiders and the L.A. Chargers. Talk to me here. Yeah, I mean, there's some games on this slate that I keep saying I really don't like this game, and this is not one of them. Okay. I, I, so I love this game. Uh, it's nice to have a 4 o'clock game that looks like a nice shootout with the high over-under. It's a pick-em game. 
And these teams have been really good when they've been in good situations at high scoring shootout type affairs. So again, two, two really good, you know, pretty solid offenses here. They have some weapons and they have some stars and kind of middle of the pack defenses. So this is setting up to be a great game. Another game you can stack or at least get exposure to. Um, I think you can, you can certainly go to uh, Derek Carr here. Uh, he's, Pretty cheap, seven thousand on Fanduel and fifty-seven hundred on DK. That's about as cheap as you're going to get. And he's looked great. Uh, you know, I'm not worried about that game. He doesn't play well in cold weather. He doesn't play well in these crazy weather games. And we talked a lot about the weather in Cleveland last week, and Cleveland being a competitive defense with really crappy weather. So I'm not really worried about that game last week. I just chalk it up. They obviously hand the ball to Brandon Jacobs a lot. He got like 31 carries. Um, now you're back in a game script where you know Herbert's going to be able to score on them uh, the way that this Chargers offense is looking. So so Derek Carr's going to have to pass. He's not going to be able to just hand the ball off every time. You can certainly pair him with Darren Waller. Probably looks like the best spot to me. If you want to take some shots at GPP, you can look at the Nelson Algalors and your uh, Henry Ruggs. But those guys aren't great spot, uh, great matchups just because the outside corners for the Chargers are pretty solid. You know, uh, Casey Hayward and those guys. So but so I kind of like the matchup for the tight end here. Darren Waller's looking like in a great spot after being a little disappointing in that weather game last week. And uh, and then Derek Carr looks good. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs is in play here again as well. He's still reasonably priced and he's a bell cow running back. And, and as long as the game stays competitive or they're ahead, Jake Jacobs will be heavily involved and it's a pretty good matchup for him as well. So I like Josh Jacobs here. Hasn't really had a blown up game lately, but he might be due. Um, and then on the other side, of course, Justin Herbert has has been excellent against pretty much all teams, and he's a, a good matchup here. Uh, don't really like Las Vegas's pass defense. Inexperienced cornerbacks, you know, not a great pass rush. This is a great recipe for Herbert to have another one of those blow-up ceiling games. Uh, can't really see anyone that can cover Keenan Allen here. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen's in a great spot, so he's looking like he's going to be highly owned, and I'd probably eat the chalk there. So Keenan Allen's looking like – in that he's kind of middle high price guy, but he's looking like one of the best matchups in a great game environment. And Mike Williams is sneaky here as well. He keeps getting better and better every week. And you got to like the combination of Mike Williams is that deep shot, big, big receiver who just gets those contested catches. And the fact that Herbert's not, not afraid just to sling the ball then and take shots down the field. It's kind of a perfect combination. And if he goes up against the Raiders secondary, Mike Williams, I think he can definitely beat them deep. So I love the matchups here. Not really loving Hunter Henry, uh, the tight end, because Herbert doesn't seem to have the need to check it down to these tight ends. You know, he he takes deep shots and takes more risk down the field to the wide receivers. So that's why I prefer the wide receivers for the Chargers over Hunter Henry, even though, you know, he's a decent tight end here. So this is looking like a really good game in terms of the game environment, how competitive it is, the matchups and the players at reasonable prices here. Yeah, I'm going to pair up Herbert and Keenan Allen a lot. I agree. I don't think they can stop Keenan Allen. He's got a great chemistry with Herbert. And then Justin Jackson's in play for me with the Chargers as well, being under 5,000 on DraftKings, had 20 touches last week, over 140 yards from scrimmage against Denver. So, you know, not an amazing matchup on paper, but in the high-scoring game, I think he'll be heavily involved. And then on the Raiders' side, I, I am looking where you are as well. In terms of the wideouts, if anything, it would it would be over the middle with Renfro in the slot. But I'm just going to go with the studs here. Josh Jacobs bounced back on the ground against Cleveland. Wasn't involved in the passing game because of the weather conditions. He's been much more involved in the passing game this year. And we just saw what James Robinson did against the Chargers, running it and catching it. So I think Jacobs is in an awesome spot here. And then Waller, uh, Chargers are number eight now in terms of fantasy-friendly matchups for tight ends. So, uh, you know, in, in the high-scoring game here, I think there's a real good chance Waller gets in the end zone and pays off his price tag. So uh, I'm excited about this one. Now, the next 4 o'clock game is exciting for different reasons. For me, it's because we've got a great matchup for a defense as Pittsburgh takes on Coach's Cowboys. Uh, and they're favored by 14 with a total of only 41.5 on BetUS. So, uh, you know, implied point total for Pittsburgh, 27 and a half, only 14 for Dallas. Pittsburgh undefeated after that nice win against Baltimore. Dallas searching for answers sort of everywhere on the field, including a quarterback, as are now reportedly going to turn to either Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. So uh, I know I'm going to play this defense, Shane, for, for Pittsburgh in most of my lineups. Are you willing to pay up for them? 
Yeah, I mean, normally you're trying to find a value defense. You can find a, a defense that's going that's cheap, that's going up against a backup quarterback or something. But in this week, it's like this is the perfect combination. It's like the best pass rush team, the most heavy uh, blitzing team with all these great athletes and all kinds of playmakers in the secondary going up against the offense that's probably the most injured and looks probably one of the worst out there. You know, they're right up there with like the New York jets right now, even though they have all these big name guys. I mean, they really are. They, they look, they look really rough here on offense. Um, so this is a great spot for the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers defense, which I, I normally love them anyways. I mean, the Steelers defense put up a huge fantasy point production against the Baltimore Ravens offense yep. last week. So they can certainly do it against the Cowboys. We're not even sure which quarterback is playing for the Cowboys. So you talk about inexperience and, you know, it's not like they're just going to be able to hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott, even though he's a great running back. You're not just going to be able to pound the ball on nope. these guys. So it's not looking good. I, I, I haven't seen too many teams that are in the 13 to 14 point implied point total here so i've seen some 13s out there for dallas as you're looking around a different over under so that's kind of crazy uh so yeah it's looking like a good spot here if you like the pittsburgh's defense you can do the whole correlation with the running back and play james connor james connor in, in a good matchup here um and definitely i could see them pat, uh, running the ball quite a bit with him and he's been awesome in the red zone in terms of goal line touches and just he always seems to get in the end zone so he's going to get good volume here so he might be a guy that you can look at paying up for um and then pretty much all the wide receivers for pittsburgh are in play here just because they all of them have good matchups whether it's juju in the slot or claypool or deontay johnson if he's healthy on the outside any of those guys could blow up now it's a little hard to decide which guy is going to blow up um, so it's really just pick your favorite guy. Deontay Johnson's pretty cheap. He had a disappointing game last week. People are worried about his injuries. But if he gets in full practices, it looks like he's healthy. I kind of like Deontay Johnson. And then, of course, Claypool and Juju Smith-Schuster are very talented as well. So any of those guys could blow up here. Um, but I, I would probably choose Deontay Johnson if he's healthy the most just because he he, he has a, a uh, ability to get wide open. And uh, I could see him having a bounce-back game here. Other than that, uh, probably not a lot of exposure to this game. I think the best play is the Pittsburgh defense, like we talked about, are heavy favorites uh, going up against a, a decimated Dallas team here. So it looks like a, just quite the mismatch. And uh, we'll see. The NFL sometimes surprises you, but this looks like an ugly mismatch to me. <laughs> it would take a big surprise to get any sort of effectiveness out of Dallas this week. So I'm going to fade their entire team, uh, get a lot of exposure to that Steelers defense. And then I agree, you know, perfect spot for – Connor, he gets the carries inside the 10. Uh, Dallas, number 32 against the rush, giving up four and a, four and a half yards per carry. Uh, or Connor's running at four and a half yards per carry. They're giving up 170 yards per game on the ground. But, you know, who gets the touchdowns? Because, you know, you could certainly see Deontay Johnson getting there. Juju's looked a lot better the last couple of weeks. So they, they'd be in play for me as well. Last game on the slate, Shane, is Miami against Arizona. Arizona favored by four and a half at home on BetUS. The over-under here, 48 and a half. Arizona coming off the rest, and they need it because they're in that shootout overtime game against Seattle that they won 37-34. And so now they get Miami at home. Uh, Kenyon Drake looks to be out, so looking like a big Chase Edmonds week. And on the Miami side, of course, we've got Tua uh, with his second start. We've got Miles Gaskin, unfortunately, on IR with a knee issue. And his backup, potentially, in, in Breda, he's questionable. So really a mess with that uh, Miami backfield. But uh, will you get any exposure to the last game on the slate? Well, the interesting thing, Miami had some special teams touchdowns, some defensive touchdowns. So Tua didn't really have to do much in his debut. So I don't think you can actually look at that and be like, yeah, two is, you know, off the board here. So I, I kind of like uh, Devontae Parker to have a bounce back here. If he can get good chemistry with Tua, I could see Devontae Parker in a good matchup against Arizona secondary. I could see him having a decent game here. He's pretty cheap over on DraftKings 5,200 for, uh, a, you know, a top caliber type wide receiver when he's healthy. He looks like he's healthy. 
and they're probably going to be down in this game due to the high-powered Arizona offense. So that's why I like Devontae Parker kind of as the garbage-time king here. Maybe he can actually connect with Tua and a couple deep shots and some intermediate stuff and underneath. Yeah, he just seems like any and he did get the touchdown last week as a red zone target for Tua, which was Tua's only touchdown pass. So I think things are looking good for Devontae Parker as a really low-owned type play this week because it's not a guy that a lot of people are talking about. But Miami's going to have to get more passing volume. They didn't really have to do much. They could pretty much take the arrow out of the ball last week, but now they're going to have to pass the ball in this matchup, in, in the fast-paced matchup. So it looks a little better for the passing attack to see if Tua can get some rhythm going here. Uh, and then on the Arizona side, it's look, it's shaping up to be a pretty good matchup here for Kyler Murray. Uh, he's he's looking like one of the better plays here, pretty highly owned. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge Kyler Murray guy, so I don't know if I'm going to get to him here because, in my opinion, whenever I watch the Miami defense, they look really competitive to me. I know they're not like a top level defense, and I know this is on paper a good matchup, but it just seems like Miami is pretty competitive. I think they have pretty good cornerbacks on the outside with. Byron Jones and uh, and also Xavier Howard. So I think Miami is competitive enough to limit uh, the major upside of Kyler Murray. Uh, I know Kyler Murray obviously gets it done on the ground. He looks really good, but I think that Miami can have a good enough game plan to put a spy on him and maybe limit him here. Um, so I don't know if I can see a massive ceiling game. I think he'll get his, but I don't know if he's going to pay off that expensive price point for Kyler Murray. And I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins can pay off his expensive price point either because he's t- he's the pretty much the most expensive guy everywhere from what I've seen. Um, so that's why I'm a little nervous about Arizona. I'm probably not as high on them as most people are. I think a lot of people are stacking them. And then Chase Edmonds' price went, went up quite a bit as well. I thought his price would be a little cheaper, and I'm not sure if I trust the Arizona rushing attack, even though I love Chase Edmonds as a player. Again, I don't think Miami's defense is, is as bad as people think they are. I think they're a competitive defense. So that's why I can see Miami, I can see Arizona being able to win this game, but Miami kind of surprised you every single week, um, just like they did last week. So I think that they, they can be competitive in this game. So that's why I'm just not looking at a lot of exposure in this game here. Uh, you must be a little bit different because I know I'm a little contrarian here at this stage. Actually, I'm I'm pretty much right with you again here. Okay. Um, I just I'm a little nervous about paying up that much for Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, to pair him up with Hopkins, I agree. It's just it's just a little bit too much for me against a, t- a defense that I think is a little bit underrated. And you know, Edmonds, the price tag for me it jumped out, and uh, you know, I was expecting something lower, but DraftKings yeah. was all was on top of that with him at six point eight. But here's the here's the thing that jumped out at me. You think, oh, great matchup here against Miami on the ground. They're number 20, 21. But uh, I was surprised to see that no ru- no running back has gone for more than eighty yards this season against Miami on the ground. Chris Carson hit that number, but nobody else has gone over eighty yards. So I think you know people are gonna uh, overspend on Edmonds. You know, he certainly could have a good game here, but I don't think it's like a lock and load smash spot and he's going to pay off that price tag. So I'm, I'm looking elsewhere there. Um, and then on the Miami side, Devontae Parker is probably the only guy I would consider because of that great matchup. But I think you really have to take a leap of faith uh, to go with him after getting only two targets against the Rams. And so you know, I kind of want to wait and see with that Miami offense, uh, you know, how, what kind of pass volume will they have, and how is Tua going to look? Yeah, I think you'd be getting on Devontae Parker early here and trying to get his first big game with Tua. The idea is that he's in a good matchup, that they didn't have to pass last week, and all of a sudden now they'll have to pass. And uh, Tua is obviously good for in terms of rhythm and timing type pass, or He's very accurate, so he could actually uh, make Devontae Parker better here. Okay. And we apologize for those technical difficulties with the, the noise in the background, Shane. I think what that means is, you know, we're not, we're just, we're supposed to fade this game. All right. The, <laughs> I think the universe is telling us we don't want to, we don't want to really think about these players in that Miami Arizona game because of the price tags and, and the various issues that we brought up. So uh, just take our word for it, fade that game. And uh, if you want those final lineups uh, from us, we'd love to have you. Go to dfscoachtalk.com to get one of our memberships. We'll email you the link to our Discord. That's where we give out the lineups 45 minutes before kickoff. So had a profitable season, and we'd love to share in the winning ways with you. Awesome membership, a lot of fun in the Discord, interaction, uh, rooting with each other uh, throughout the day on Sunday. So love to have you join us. And then if you could, hit that subscribe button on YouTube so you get notified of our podcasts. Again, we do six NFL shows per week, 
So we'll have a, a series of shows coming out on Saturday where we go position by position through the main slate. So be sure to tune in for those. Uh, charity of choice here at uh, DFS Coach Talk, mambaon3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Shane, any final thoughts here on the week nine main slate? No, we're, we're shaping up for a great another great week here, uh, week nine. So definitely go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, definitely check us out and come join us so we, you can get in on all the winning action because we're we're definitely in a great great position here um, and it's awesome to have uh, we we interact with our members give them all kinds of good advice and tips on how to become better DFS players and then we help them help them win money and it's a great community. Absolutely. So great work as always, Shane. On behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Please tune in next time as we look to crush it in DFS.